Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorff, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN, and then you can find this and the rest of our podcasts on Apple or Spotify. So be sure to turn those notifications on and get a hold of those. Uh, Hirsch, Bucks revenge game. Uh, we beat the Pacers finally this year. Uh, third game or third game against them. We beat them one forty to one twenty six. Uh, the big talking point of tonight is obviously the historic performance from Giannis. He has the most points ever in a Bucks game uh, in the franchise history. So congratulations to Giannis. And then Dame also set a little, uh, made a little history tonight being fifth uh, in all-time three-pointers made in NBA history. So, you know, congratulations to the dynamic duo of Milwaukee. But, yeah, Hirsch, uh, what a game tonight, man. Yeah, crazy performance out of, you know, Giannis, who is now at this point become, you know, a historic, legendary figure, uh, not only, you know, within the game of basketball, but within, you know, the city itself. Um, obviously, you know, that that record has has uh, stood for, you know, nearly 50 years since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar set that record. Uh, so pretty crazy just to see that, you know, finally be broken. Obviously, you know, it had to be honest to do it. Uh, obviously, you know, that's also his career high. Uh, so he sets that tonight as well. Um, and, you know, a little stat, the last three 60-plus uh, point games in the NBA – are all by current box players. Um, obviously, you know, Dame had two of them when he was on the Blazers last year, uh, scoring 60 and then 70. And then obviously, you know, Giannis had the one tonight. So clearly some uh, we've got some scorers on this roster, Steve. Giannis also tonight, you know, just showed his ability to, you know, hit his free throws. I mean, obviously, when he goes to the line 32 times, you're not going to expect him to, you know, be almost perfect, but he still hit 24 of them. So I just think, Overall, great night, you know, great way to cap off this, you know, fantastic performance. And he had that, you know, pretty sweet dunk at the end on that breakaway there. So just just overall great to see from from the team, but also just from him. I think it was very special. Yeah, Giannis has, you know, really dominated this Pacers team really over the last 10 games or so. He's been I mean, now after tonight's performance, he's at over 40 points a game against them over the last 10 games. So uh Giannis uh, knows how to get, you know, to the rim on this Pacers team. It almost felt like at a point we were looking at a, ha- or a hack of Giannis, hack of Shaq type thing, but uh, 32 free throws from him is crazy. I don't know if he's ever taken that many free throws before. So great to see, you know, just a, that type of performance from Giannis, obviously, like no complaints. Um, I was a little worried at the end when Adrian Griffin kind of kept him in and I know we wanted to get the record and everything, but. Uh, I didn't think that the Pacers would come back and bring it to within 10 at the end of the game with like two minutes left or so. But then Giannis comes back in and gets the 64. So uh, super exciting night for him and just for Bucks fans everywhere. So, uh, yeah, Dame, obviously, we talked about Hirsch uh, looked better than his previous game. But still, this isn't really quite the Dame that, you know, we as Bucks fans expected to get in that trade. Six of 14, 21 points. Uh, I mean, when Giannis scores 64 points, nobody else really needs to do much. Uh, Bobby Portis had a great game, but we'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, Dame, he'll 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 continue to you know have games like this where he struggles, but then you're going to be thanking everything you have that you got Dame when he gives you a 50 point game at some point down the road. And I mean, even you know game one into this season, her she had a big night for us. So I think that the big Dame night is coming once again. We'll we'll it, it, I mean, it's just tonight was Giannis's night. 
Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, 30, 39 point game and a clutch performance to start off the season. Uh, and, you know, we haven't really seen, you know, much of that uh, since then. But, you know, as I keep saying, Damian Lillard is the kind of guy who when it becomes January and February, that's it's where you have his best performances. And obviously, you know, this this team kind of looks like they're at least saving, conserving some of their energy down the line uh, for a deep playoff run. I know, you know, last year in the playoffs, Giannis said they might have overlooked the heat uh, in that first round series. I don't think they're going to be doing that this year. Um, and I think, you know, they're definitely getting geared up for a deep playoff run. Um, and, you know, Chris Chris Middleton is going to need to be a part of that. Obviously, uh, you know, like you mentioned with Giannis having 64 points and nearly all of the shots, uh, Middleton's not going to get, you know, a ton of points, but 14 points. Uh, nine rebounds and seven assists. He really filled up the stat sheet. Um, and also, Steve, we, we've been seeing, you know, this kind of uh, this bump in minutes over the past couple of, you know, games here with Chris. Uh, obviously, kind of what we were looking for earlier on in the season. I know, you know, when we first started talking about, you know, his injuries, we were looking for him to be back maybe within the 10 to 15 game uh, mark. But, you know, kind of seeing him ramp up to full speed now, I think is definitely a promising sign, even if he's not going to be, you know, putting up those 20 point games like like we have seen in the past. Yeah, no, this is exactly what he needs to be doing right now for us. I mean, like you said, the minutes are starting to get back to where we expected them to be at this point in the season. He's at like 30 minutes a game over the last three games or so. So, you know, that's obviously a really positive sign. But then, you know, to see him like shooting the ball well and making like good plays, being that jack of all trades, all around offensive guy for us that, you know, that third guy on offense is what, you know, this team not necessarily needs, but, you know, with our lack of defense, Hey, like, let's just be the best offense possible. And, you know, Chris Middleton's really going to help us with that as he did tonight. Yeah. And offensively too, I think just having him out there, even if he's not going to necessarily have, you know, those crazy offensive outputs like we've seen in the past, um, you know, he's still obviously a threat. He's not a guy who can be left open. You can't really help off of him because if you give him an open shot, he's going to knock it down. Uh, but he can also beat you off the dribble. And, you know, as we've seen, I think Chris has grown in his playmaking capabilities. Um, he's able to really find those passes. Obviously, you know, he does have some turnovers here or there, but I think as Chris has grown, his game has gotten better in the playmaking, uh, you know, kind of form. And I, I, I like what we see from him when he's out there, even if he's not necessarily filling up the the buckets, he's, he's still out there being effective on the offensive end, not to mention, you know, nine rebounds. I think last game he had 13. So Milton's really crashing the boards, at least over the past couple of games might be due to that bump in minutes. Mm-hmm, totally. And then, you know, just moving on down to the big man, Brooke Lopez. I know he struggled a little bit from the field tonight, one of six, but six blocks for him tonight. Uh, I think he leads the NBA in blocks. Uh, I mean, just having a great defensive year for us. Um, you know, since that Knicks game, that first in-season tournament, like group stage game, we switched into that drop coverage and Brooks, you know, looked great defensively ever since. I mean, he's pretty much been what's him and Giannis have been what's holding this defense together alongside of Bobby Portis as well. But he had a great offensive night until he got ejected. <laughs> Game got really chippy tonight, but it was great to see Bobby Portis, you know, really show up tonight after he went to Adrian Griffin and went to the team in the locker room and, you know, spoke out about how he was feeling and to see him step up against the team that we lost to and were eliminated by, like, that's just, you want to see that from someone who wants to be a leader on this team. And I think Bobby Portis, like, I mean, he's a leader for this team, Hirsch. 
Yeah, I mean, and he's clearly the enforcer as well when you look at kind of what's what's been happening, especially tonight. Uh, and just in the last time we faced against the Pacers, a lot of, you know, trash talk near the end of that game uh, with Tyrese Halliburton doing Damian Lillard's uh, celebration back to him. You know, there's multiple different scraps tonight, Steve, a lot of John back and forth, a lot, a lot of uh, trash talk again. You know, we saw Tyrese Halliburton early in the game kind of turn uh, towards the Bucks bench and say something and it kind of got got pretty chippy. Uh, obviously, you know, Bobby did get ejected there in the fourth quarter, but Steve, I think that's kind of what we need out of Bobby. We need him to have that energy. We need him to be that enforcer. When he's out there, you're not going to mess with us kind of thing. Uh, and we've had that in the past with guys like P.J. Tucker, but now that we're missing a guy like that, I think Bobby really should step up in that kind of role. And, you know, I like I like to see that out of him. I, I, I don't really have any problems with him getting ejected in this game. Uh, I think, you know, kind of just having that fire, having that, uh, you know, passion, not, not letting the Pacers really – uh, you know, talk all night or, you know, kind of give Giannis those chicken wings, stuff like that. Um, you know, definitely, definitely positive for Bobby to be out there. Obviously, you don't want him getting ejected, but to, to, to see him out there defending his teammates is obviously a good thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, seeing, you know, protecting Giannis, the foul was pretty, like, it was an aggressive foul. But when you're playing that well, you know, you know, this is a team that's beaten us twice. We need to beat them. You know, this is like a big statement game for the Bucs. Uh, I think that the ejection was, you know, a little BS. I mean, Bobby wasn't really I, for the second technical foul. I mean, I, I don't quite know what, you know, he got teed up for, but uh, just getting two separate techs in a game. I mean, in a game that he's been, you know, the second best player for us on the court, arguably. So we just need him out there. But yeah, I mean, hey. In tonight's situation, like you can't blame him too much. He, he left it all out on the floor. So, you know, good for Bobby. And then just looking at some of the young guys, Hirsch, uh, Andre Jackson finally, you know, played in what's felt like a, a while since he's been on the court since that injury. And then, you know, because he'd only play like a minute or so, but he played really well tonight, I thought. And then as well as Marjan Bochamp uh, just hustled. And, you know, when the Pacers were trying to push the floor, I felt like they were able to, you know, kind of match that speed and then as well for us, push the pace. So, like to see them get minutes. Uh, they were out there early on. Didn't see them much in the second half, but just want to see those guys, you know, continue to, we talk about this all the time, Hirsch, but I want to see their roles both increase as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, and they definitely showed flashes tonight, um, you know, especially Andre Jackson. I know he had that one, you know, pretty crazy hustle play where he got a, he, he got a put back uh, slam that was pretty electric. And, you know, Marjan out there as well. You can, you can clearly see his offensive game is growing. Um, he's able to get to his spots in the mid range a lot more effectively, as well as you know his, his finishing moves have definitely gotten better uh, over the uh, like uh, definitely last year he would have gotten blocked on a lot of the shots that he's going up with now he's able to you know get to the rim get 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 better looks uh, so that's definitely good and I, I I've been saying it all along I think these guys really need to capitalize on the minutes they're getting now uh, before Pat and Jay come back uh, but just looking at some team stats uh, from tonight's game. Uh, lost the rebounding battle again, Steve. Obviously, you know, that's kind of what the issue was after that, you know, Pacers game when there was that outburst in the locker room, you know, for, for Adrian Griffin talking about rebounding. Losing it again, Steve, can't can't feel great, but obviously, you know, coming away with a win, something you like to see, but definitely, definitely going to need to uh, shore up the rebounding. I'm not really, at this point, I'm not quite sure how they're going to get better at rebounding especially this far into the season, but if you have any ideas. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, I, 
you know, usually I would agree with you. I think that, you know, offensive rebounding has been a problem, but I think tonight it just felt like we were trying to get back on defense. Like you'd put up a shot and guys would just get back. They would have, you know, three guys crash. And then, but I, I think it really helped, you know, limit the transition offense from the Pacers, especially in the first half. We did a really, really good job limiting that transition and limiting turnovers. We won the turnover battle tonight. So, you know, that's another thing that we talked about last podcast when going against a team like this that likes to really, really push the pace on you. You got to, you know, have good possessions. And then, you know, the other thing, not turn the ball over consistently. And, you know, tonight I felt like we did a pretty good job of that. So with the offensive rebounding, though, I just felt like that was kind of part of the game plan and just to get back on defense. But um, I, I thought the Bucks played a great game tonight. I mean, kept it close, you know, through the first half. And then I felt like we really pulled away in the second. And this was the type of statement when the Bucks needed, especially after, you know, the the locker room incident that got leaked and then, you know, a tough game against the Bulls where it's like, what, what's going on? So it's just, it's nice to see them win a game against a, you know, a good opponent where you're like, all right, like that's a statement win, you know? Yeah. I definitely felt like we had a pretty commanding lead uh, throughout that second half. Didn't really feel like it was ever going to uh, kind of get away from us. But uh, I think, you know, I think part of that was how well of a job we did on Tyrese Halliburton. Obviously, you know, going into the game, we talked about how, how special he is, how dangerous and how much he's, you know, really, kind of destroyed the box through the first couple of games that we've played him. Obviously, you know, 22 points, uh, five uh, five rebounds and seven assists is still, you know, a fantastic stat line for, you know, any any average NBA player. But Tyrese isn't an average NBA player. And obviously going into the game, you would have expected a guy like that to uh, dice up this box perimeter defense again. I think, you know, we, we did a pretty good job on him. Uh, at least holding his point totals down. Obviously, you know, Miles Turner had a big night, uh, but going into the game, you know, we also talked about the fact that, you know, he can pull Brooke away from the rim. He hit a couple threes tonight, 22 points, nine rebounds, uh, pretty efficient from the field as well. But other than, you know, Miles Turner and Tyrese, I think we did a pretty good job on the rest of the Pacers role players and and making sure that no one else really had, you know, that kind of night. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like one of those nights where, I mean, they played a pretty decent offensive game. They struggled to hit threes. We did as well, but it was just one of those games where our offense was just clicking. Giannis obviously had the game that he had. So when someone's putting up 64 points on you, it's going to be really, really hard to win that game. So, uh, but with that, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about the upcoming uh, weekend two games with the Pistons and Rockets. So we'll be right back. And we're back on the Box and Six podcast. My name is Hershey Winkleman. He's Stephen Dorf, and we're going to preview this upcoming back to back this uh, this weekend against you know two of the teams that you know have been struggling over the past couple of seasons in the NBA. Obviously, you know facing the Rockets on Sunday, we'll get into that. But you know they they're having a better season than a lot of people would have expected. But you know first, let's get to the Pistons, Steve. Uh, clearly, probably the worst team in the NBA at this point. Uh, we play them on Saturday. They are they are two and twenty two, and they haven't won a game since October. Uh, so they did it. They completed the entire month of November without getting a win. Uh, it's pretty impressive to say the least. Uh, Cade obviously scores twenty two points per game. Uh, definitely, you know, could cause us some problems. But realistically, I think this should be a cakewalk for the Bucks. Pretty easy win. Uh, not much to be said here. That this this Pistons team. Uh, struggles to get wins against the Wizards and the Hornets. So I think, you know, facing a team with Giannis, Dame, and Brooke 
is, you know, I think that's too tall of a task for to ask this Detroit Pistons team. Uh, I think, you know, honestly, the question here should be how long until Monty Williams resigns? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, they are winless in October is pretty absurd. Wow. Um, but you say that they might not. Okay. Yeah. They're the worst team, but I don't know if the gap is that big between them and, uh, the Spurs and the wizards who both only have three wins, but yeah, this, this should be one of those games where the Bucks should win. Uh, I mean, the Pistons have, you know, they got ex- you, like, Hey, they have him. He's exciting. They have a, uh, Asar Thompson. He's uh, having a really good year for a rookie. Uh, I know Gilbert Arenas, I was saying something about how he can't be a cornerstone and that was all nonsense, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, the Bucks should beat this Pistons team pretty handedly. I'd expect a double-digit win, and I also wouldn't be shocked if Chris Middleton sits this game. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, I don't really see a reason for him to play the game other than if they if they feel like they should sit him on Sunday. But going into that Sunday game, uh, it's definitely going to be a tougher matchup. Obviously, you know, the, the Rockets are having somewhat of a uh, surprising season, some might say. Uh, going into the season, they, they looked like – you know, a young team with definitely some guys that, you know, have potential, but to see, you know, them be 12 and nine at this point above 500 is definitely good to see uh, from the Rockets perspective, at least also, you know, number two defense in the NBA right now. So they have that side of the floor together. Um, unfortunately, though, they are, you know, a bottom 10 offense in the league, 23rd overall. Uh, but currently, as we record this, they are on a four-game win streak. Obviously, you know, things could change before now and and uh, Sunday. That's a couple days away here. But definitely, Rockets are playing some good ball right now, Steve. Yeah, and they have a, you know, a coach that the Bucks are, you know, Bucks fans are familiar with, and Ime Udoka. Uh, we know that, you know, as a South, as the Celtics head coach, he he did a pretty good job containing, you know, what the old Bucks offense was, but... Uh, I mean, he's a good defensive coach. They've got, you know, a lot of athletic pieces. They actually have uh, Asar Thompson's brother, Amin Thompson. Um, yeah, they, they've got Fred Van Vliet, Bucks are, you know, we're familiar with him. He He's a really good two-way guard in this league. Uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of decent talent on this team, right? Shingun, Jalen Green, Fred Van Vliet, all those guys. So Rockets are a team. They're an exciting young team for sure. And a team that plays good defense at, you know, when, when you have a young core that plays good defense, that's, you know, that's something scary to go against because they're always going to be playing you hard. They're always going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. And th- that's going to be one of those games, especially where the Bucks, you know, cannot come out flat and can't because they have one of the lower rated offenses in the in the league. So you got to come out strong and, you know, show them what that high powered offense looks like and just don't let them come out strong pretty much. Cause you know, that defensively they're going to be causing problems. Yeah, I agree. I think the bucks are definitely going to need to come out uh, on the front foot. I think the, you know, the interesting matchup here is, is Alperen Shengun. obviously, you know, a great young center. He's putting up 20 points a game, nine boards and seven assists. Uh, and I think, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see how the bucks want to defend him whether that be with Brooke Lopez, who's, you know, probably slower than Shengun at least when it comes to moving around the perimeter and getting to the rim, or whether they'd like, you know, like to put Giannis on him. Uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how how Griffin mashes that up. And obviously, you mentioned Jalen Green. Uh, guys like him, guys like Tyler Hero, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, all the, the scoring, Tyrese Maxey, the scoring guards that just love to, you know, attack the rim and put up shots. They, they've been causing the Bucs problems all year, especially on that perimeter. So I definitely think this is a 
you know, a losable game for the Bucs. Obviously, I think, you know, I think we're going to win and I go into almost every game expecting the Bucs to win, but I wouldn't be necessarily super shocked if this one ends in a Bucs loss. Yeah, I mean, hey, like this is a good Rockets team and yeah, you can't underestimate them, but do you think that maybe, you know, this Pacers win is kind of we've talked about how it might be starting to click with the Knicks and then, you know, you lose to the Pacers and then you go into overtime with the Bulls. But it seems like, you know, more often than not now, we're starting to have these games where we're coming out, you know, to strong starts. And then it's just a matter of can we close the game out or not? Uh, you know, this Pistons team should be one of those games where we can get out to a good start, feel confident going into Sunday. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the Bucks are going to go 2-0 and this weekend. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I think that, you know, Giannis is feeling good. Dame's due for a big night, and it, it, I'm, I'm 2-0. That's what I'm thinking this weekend, Hirsch. 2-0 would be a great uh, a great weekend for Wisconsin sports fans, you know, and 3-0 would even would be even better if with, uh, with the Packers win on Sunday. So uh, I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Stephen Dorff. And let's go Bucks.